This is the Christian Life Center podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. Amen. Amen. You know, it's not by coincidence that we're here today. I know that many of us understand that, but it is not by coincidence that you're here and that you're online and that you're listening. Because God has moments that are prepared for special times and events that we have to be a part of, we have to be attuned to. So it's not by coincidence that I believe that you're here because God wants to accomplish the purposes in your heart today. He wants you to be aware and he wants you to take the veil off of your eyes for a moment. You know, um, it's interesting because the last several months, the Lord spoke to me about this scripture many, many months ago. And I kind of put it aside and I said, yeah, Lord, I'll, I'll share it one of these days. You know, I'm not, Pastor Tom's the one who preaches and, and uh, I'm not really uh, the one who kind of likes to preach, but um, I'll share. And the Lord really just kept impressing this, this particular scripture upon my heart. Well, I went on ahead and I tried to, uh, I called for two speakers. And after the first week, the first speaker called and said, you know, something's coming up, this, this, and this, I'm not gonna be able to make it. I said, okay. So the other one, I said, okay, you know, just bring her on over and we're gonna c- come in. And, and Karen Schatzline uh, let me know, you know, that, okay, everything's all in place. So this last Monday, you know, I knew something in my spirit was just, was just not right. It was just unsettled. And I just kept saying, oh, this is good, you know, praise God, you know, I don't have to do things. I just take care of the, by the way, the women's uh, fabulous uh, brunch was awesome. Yeah. We had an awesome time together. The Lord ministered to us in such a powerful way, but also had community together to be able to enjoy that time. But on Monday, we had our meeting to, to get ready for all of this. And um, Pastor Tom said, yeah, the, the flights are booked, hotels, everything, they're coming in, da, 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 the times, whatever, it's okay. And it came out of my mouth. And this is what I said to Pastor Tom. And I said, that's if they come. This was Monday. And Pastor Tom looked at me like, what are you talking about if they come? It's all set and ready to go. And if they come, unbeknownst to us that while I was in that meeting, she was calling me, left a message on my machine. And she says, she let me know that she would, because they were certain circumstances, they couldn't make it. I wasn't surprised. And the Lord reminded me, he says, I spoke to you and I asked you to share this word. So I said, okay, Lord. Let me get ready in the midst of all this, you know, let me get ready and let me share this with you today. So we're gonna talk about this, what you saw, the little dramatization was quickly put together. Thanks to those ladies and and Pastor Christian for um, giving us a live example of just depicting this parable, which is so, so important. But see, this is a time where in those days, it it was a, It was a Jewish common, it was a common Jewish wedding. It was the setting of a common Jewish wedding. And Jesus is telling this parable for a reason. It's a warning. It's a warning. And the warning was basically that we need to be prepared. We need to be ready. And he opens this this parable up. It's because in those days, you see, for a bridegroom, um, he had to get everything ready because a lot of times the the marriage was arranged and he had to prepare things in between the, uh, with the two families, getting this arranged, getting these things prepared. But back at home, the place where they were gonna live, that's where the ceremony was gonna be. And so everybody had to be alerted and get everything ready for the ceremony and for the festivities. So the wedding festivity went on for a whole week. So during this, they never knew when the bridegroom was gonna show up. So they never knew when he was gonna come. So they always had to be, have everything prepared. And so at any time, at any moment, the bridegroom could come. And so as you saw the 10 virgins, those were the 10 bridesmaids, so to speak, they kind of represent you and me today. They represent each one of us here in this room and online. They represent all of those who are listening today. Because I want you to know that we have to realize and recognize that if we're not ready, we may miss the most important thing in our entire life, and that's eternity. I want you to hear my voice today. 
that the representation of those 10 bridesmaids were that five were foolish and five were wise. And they all came together and there's things that are common that we're gonna talk about, about who they are and how they uh, came to be into this, this story and what their life represents to us today. So when the bridegroom would be ready to come, he would send a man ahead of him to let them know that he's on his way. And as you saw, they were all ready and they all got up and they were to trim their lights and some didn't have enough oil. We're gonna talk about that. So when he would come, he would come through at that night. If it was at nighttime, those lamps needed to be ready because they needed to come and show the light so that they could bring him to the home. So Jesus uses this for us to help to explain something that's very important today. I wanna go back a little bit. I wanna say something about myself. You know, in my life, I subsequently have been conditioned. <laughs> Somehow I think God has used some things in my life to continually make me want to be ready. <laughs> I'm conditioned to be ready because I never know what life will bring or when the time is going to come. It started out when I was young. When I was two years old, um, my parents uh, were driving across a train track and at this train track, many, many, many accidents happened. Actually, quite a few that they were, there was, there was so many bushes and quite a few uh, accidents would happen across this train track. Well, that day, my dad crossed over, was getting ready to cross over and the train came and the car flung into the air and all of us flung out into the ditches. So my father was one way, my mother was another, I was somewhere else. And so, my father was, they, people stopped, got my father, went to the hospital. He was gone. My mother was trying to find her way. She was trying to find me, and she came in to find, to find me and picked me up. And to her knowledge, I was dead. She laid me back down and was crying to run up to the street to see if she could get some help. Finally getting some help, they all came back. Somebody, people came down only to hear me crying. And I was alive. Let me say this. So the night before, my aunt had had a dream. And she told my family later, she said, I had a dream. And she said, in that dream, I saw candy come out of the casket. That was one thing. So they moved to Africa. And I had my first encounter with a spinning cobra at the age of four. One foot away from my face, you know. And he's all wrapped up and he's ready to come, you know, charge at my face, spit at my face, whatever he's gonna do. But guess what? I survived that day and he lost his head. So if that's not enough, there's many other incidences, but if that's not enough, about at the age of five, I, um, I was bicycling around, I was bicycling around and I went too close to an edge. My father was with the other missionaries. They were kind of over um, closer to the, to the so-called house at that time and watching me. But as I bicycled around, I got too close to the edge and I fell off about a, almost two stories in length. My father screaming out to God and trying to get down to the bottom to be able to find me. He, uh, he just cried out, God, please. And uh, I was at the, when he got down to the bottom, there were stones that I had fallen on, large stones, rocks, and I was standing up. And my dad picked me up and just was thanking God. He couldn't believe that there was hardly a scratch on me. He was just baffled, you know. And he says, but that's what faith does is when you're out, when you're doing what the Lord has wanted you to do, God keeps you. And that night, that night when he put me in bed and he tucked me away and he was praying with me that night. He, uh, he says, uh, he says, Candy, I, I, you know, I just can't believe, isn't it wonderful what Jesus did? And I said, yes, daddy. I said, uh, you know, daddy, I said, the rocks, they felt like my pillow right here. They felt like my pillow. And my, and I just said, you know what? Praise God that he keeps us and he watches us. But I can truly say this. I could truly, truly say this, that with all some of those accounts that I've had, I have to say that being ready is an active thought about on my mind every day. 
<laughs> if you think about when you get yourself ready about what God is doing in your life, you have to be prepared and consciously awaiting the bridegroom. My faith is strong and I'm quite an advocate, Lord, of sharpening my life and being prepared in many aspects of my life, even though I'm not perfect. There's many, many things that I still yet need to be doing. But I wanna be about my father's business because I'm here and I live and I breathe and you live and you're here because of him this morning, amen? Ephesians chapter five, verse 15 through 16 tells us that to be careful how we live, not as unwise, but as wise, that we should redeem the time, that we should make most of every opportunity. That means even if it's waiting, even waiting. We should redeem the time even in our waiting. Maybe you're waiting on a promise from God. Maybe you're waiting on that job. Maybe you're waiting on that wedding, that marriage. Maybe you're waiting for something to be healed. Maybe you're waiting. But how do you wait today? Do you wait and are you actively waiting and are you wisely waiting? I say to you, we must wait wisely. We must, we must wait in that waiting period and allowing God to move in and through us. You know, let's go back to the parable just a moment. Jesus uses this parable to bring attention to our spiritual condition. We consider whether we really are ready or are we prepared and ready for his return. I want us to look at the 10 virgins for a moment. You can write them down if you have. And as you see, we had to do this quickly, so I'm sorry you don't have your notes this morning. But if you have something, write it down, and I hope that you'll be able to take these back with you. Let's look at the 10 virgins. We look at them that they had things that were more in common than differences. They're more in common than differences. First of all, the virgins all profess to know God. They all profess to know God. Maybe they did, and maybe they were just possible followers. They were religious. Maybe they were good good girls, good women, you know, they were virgins, and so they knew, and they had knowledge, but there was something that was missing about them. Maybe you look at them and you say, they all went out to meet the bridegroom, and the bridegroom was there, and they all expected to be received by him. Remember that. They all went out to meet the bridegroom. They were all excited. You saw they were all the same, and they all expected that he was going to receive them. They all had lamps that symbolizes a spiritual light, the representation of their testimony of their own life. And they all slept while waiting for the bridegroom. That means that there's times in life when you walk with God that you're spiritually asleep. Maybe you don't hear the things that the Lord is trying to tell you because of other things that are distracting you. They all slept, but five were ready. Five were prepared. All of them heard the midnight cry of the, ma the man who was calling and saying, hey, behold, the bridegroom is coming. They all heard it. They all were warned. They knew what was coming. And they all got up to start trimming their lights and trimming their lamps. But guess what? Something was missing. The oil. The oil was missing the provision of righteousness, that's what it represents, the oil this morning. The provision of righteousness. The supply of the Holy Spirit that is to fill the lamps. Now I have a lamp that is actually over a th probably 2,000 years old sitting right here. I purchased it in Israel. I got all the certi certificate and everything. And um, kind of small, isn't it? Wouldn't hold a lot of oil. You'd probably, for most, for certain, most for certain, would need to put more oil in it pretty quickly. And this is amazing to me because this is actually a Jewish lamp that they would have used at that time. And so I, um, I looked at it and I thought, man, boy, I would have to take a lot of oil if I was going to keep this thing burning. And you realize how important that Jesus is trying to say about being prepared and being ready so that you had to take notice of what was happening with your lamp and how, and if it was fire, if there was a flame and what you were doing with it. 
And so they all heard the midnight cry when the bridegroom was coming. They all trimmed their lamps. And the oil is a representation of the righteousness, the Holy Spirit that fills your lamp. They all appeared to be getting themselves ready, putting things in order in preparation for the return of the Lord. But there was a difference. There was a difference between these two groups of ladies. Five were wise and five were foolish. What was making that happen? What was making them wise? Their focus was Jesus. Their focus was on the bridegroom. The five that were wise were attentive along the way being ready, watching, being prepared, being alert to the bridegroom. The wise had extra oil while the foolish didn't. The virgins were so alike and similar, but they both appeared to have the attributes, the character, the people that were going to heaven. Something essential was missing from the lives of the foolish. Maybe they weren't as watchful Maybe they weren't consistent at watching their spiritual health. Maybe they were allowing things to distract and detour them from recognizing very precisely what Christ was trying to help them to understand to being ready. Maybe they allowed their lives to be casual, lacking alertness to the hour, lacking uh, things that needed to be in order, allowing the sinful ways to creep in, and actually not realizing that they were allowing the lies to come into their life and they were buying the lie. That's what we're going to realize and recognize in this day and age, that we've got to realize that the Holy Spirit, we have to be filled. We have to understand the importance of being ready and prepared and alert to what Christ is trying to tell us in these days. Maybe the danger is that the focus on our life is sometimes people. We're watching, we're watching the news, we're watching the situations, we're watching what's happening, our hearts and our minds are more concentrated on what's happening around us than what Christ is trying to say, wake up, wake up, wake up church, wake up church, keep your eyes focused on me because where I'm taking you is gonna be for eternity and I hope that you're ready, I hope that you're ready this morning, I hope that you recognize and that you're alert. Being focused on people being focused on what is there and is around you, you might find yourself following them and being at where they end up being and not where you need to end up being. Hebrews 12, two says, fixing our eyes on the author and the finisher of our faith. It's important that we don't allow things to become idols in our, in our life. In this season that we were in in the last year, I recognized one thing that was quite interesting to me, that people that thought that they were following Christ were actually following the church. They were expecting things from the church that always, not always is the church gonna be able to provide. The church can do so much, and yes, we can do better, amen? We can always do better, we can always be, we can always grow, we can always allow God to use us in powerful ways, but the church is not just the answer, Christ is the answer, and the church is built upon the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the bridegroom. And that's not to make an excuse when things don't happen or the church doesn't fulfill what they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be that. They're supposed to walk in those ways to be able to reach the brother, but they are not the full answer. The answer lies within the bridegroom today, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So they focused, what did they do? They focused on the bridegroom, who is Jesus. Secondly, they knew what was important and essential to God. The foolish virgins had their lamps. They had some type of relationship with God, but the essential thing, which is the oils, to keep their lamps on and working was missing. Jesus, help us today. Lord, help us today. The Holy Spirit is the oil that keeps your lamp on. The Holy Spirit keeps your relationship with God on and working and alive. 
The presence and the power of the Holy Spirit is necessary in your life today. Without the Holy Spirit, you can't pray right. What does that mean? You can't pray aright. That means that there's probably some immaturity in the way that you're praying. You're grappling. And that makes your attention just like when they came at the end and said, Oh, Jesus, please let us in. But because they weren't paying attention ahead of time, they weren't recognizing what was going on in their life. And he says, without the Holy Spirit, you may not be even able to pray the way that you need to pray. Without the Holy Spirit... The oil that is necessary, you won't feel any remorse or repentance. Oh, because the Holy Spirit is the one that convicts you of sin. The Holy Spirit is the one that purges you. The Holy Spirit is the one that cleanses you. The Holy Spirit is the one that sanctifies you from sin. Romans 5, 15, 16, 2 Thessalonians 2, 13. Without the Holy Spirit, we will be in a state of perpetual confusion. Oh, Jesus, help us. Awaken us this morning. We won't we won't know how to step without the Holy Spirit. We won't know how to make decisions without the Holy Spirit. We need him because the word of God says he is our guide. That still small voice is telling you which way and to walk in it. The Holy Spirit is the one that is making you alert to what you need to do next. Without the Holy Spirit, we won't be able to we will not be able to be aware or understand things of the word of God. They'll become dim. The word of God will become dim. We'll look at it as stories. We won't be able to realize and recognize what it means to stand on him. The word of God says, Isaiah 30, 21, he says, tell us, Lord, your way so that we may walk in it. Tell us your way. Open our eyes, open our eyes to the wondrous things of your word, 1 Corinthians 2, 14. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot endure hardships and trials because he is the one who strengthens you and gives you what you need. In the inner man, he comforts you. He keeps you pressing. He keeps you moving. When you don't know how you're going to do that, he moves you. He moves you. He moves you. And you know that it's not capable in your own strength. You know that without his power, you cannot move without it. The foolish virgins went to get the oil so that the lamps could work. You saw them. And that's just how we are today. We think we still have time. <laughs> So what do the, the wise ones say? Hey, go get some more oil. Just go get some more oil. Okay, yeah, that's a good idea. It's a good thing. So let's go. Let's go get some oil. Let's hurry. They walk away. It's a good thing that they went to get their oil. But they should have done it before the bridegroom arrived. May God help us to redeem the time so we don't end up doing the right thing at the wrong time. Ooh, end up doing the right thing at the wrong time. It's important, number three, to purposely, purposefully be prepared. Purposefully be prepared. Mark 13 says, without being on guard, watch out, I'm sorry, watch out and be on guard and stay awake. It says in the Greek word translations, it says, stay awake and watch. Stay awake and watch. This is what Jesus says to us in Mark 13, verse 37. And what I say to you, I say to everyone, be alert and watch. We need to be aware that it's important in life to train ourselves to take account of how we're responding. We need to take account every day of how we're responding. How are you responding to the days of your life? Are you watching what's going on? Are you taking account of the routines? Are you taking account of truth? Are you taking account of truth in your life? Are you taking account of what you're absorbing? Are you taking account of what's being translated in your heart and your mind? Are you taking account of the attitude that is being portrayed from you? And are you making yourself aware to, hey, is this good? 
Is this biblical? Is this the truth of God? Is this the attitude? Is this the posture of Jesus? Look at his life. He's your example. Look at the way he responds to things. Look at how he responds in the word. That's our example to follow this morning. Take account of how you and I respond. Are we a part of the activity of Christ? Are we just getting by? We can use the excuses all that we want to, but God's called us to be above that. God's called us to walk out above that. God's spoken to us to say, hey, listen, you are my child. You are my son and daughter, so come with me. Let me show you the great and mighty works that I want to do in and through you. Stand up, even in the small ways. Even in the smallest ways, even if it's a word, even if it's a touch, even if it's a spoken uh, word to someone or reaching out, what is God asking of you to do? I'll tell you this, and I said this to the ladies yesterday. One of the things that I realized that when I am activating the things of God in my life, I get a supernatural download that changes who I am. And what comes from me is from the power of the Holy Spirit, which redirects my mind, renews my thoughts, and activates me to walk in the ways that Jesus has called me to. I say to you, do not be idle in this hour and recognize that you still have a voice. You still have what you have to give unto the Lord. Have you ever been a, ca a camp counselor? <laughs> if you're a camp counselor, you remember those days where, um, you know, they had the cabins and uh, all the kids are set, you know, young people are in the camp, you know, they're in their cabins and it's time to go to bed. You know, it's near the end of the camp session, you know, camp uh, summer, near the end of the summer, and you have that one day. You have that one great day. It's like the best day of the whole camp because everything's going to happen that day. They're going to be having competitions. They're going to be having all types of events. And nobody wants to miss that one day that's going to be the ending of the summer. And, you know, those kids that are in the camps, you know, they're in the cabins, you know, Nighttime comes, several of them decide, oh man, we gotta get out, let's go do whatever we wanna do. They get out, they sneak out, they spend half the night out, you know? You know those, those kids, you know? They find, they get out of the cabin, they're gone, and they go and have their little time and you know, do whatever they do, you know, I'm not going to that, but anyway, <laughs> you know, but they go out and they think, okay, you know what, no big deal, we'll stay up all night, this is great, and then we'll get up, we'll have a great day tomorrow, but they come back and they fall asleep. Early, early hour comes, they come in about 5 a.m., they fall asleep, and they're sleeping. And so the bell rings over the whole camp, everybody's gonna rise, gotta get ready, get on the bus, we're gonna be headed out, we're going. And so everybody does that, except these three. And these three are still sleeping. Well, when the camp counselor comes around and the bus is gone, it's like, hey guys, you know, what's going on? Well, you didn't make it. The kids get up and say, oh, come on, you know, get us in a, get a car, get a bus, get a truck, let, let you know, let, let us go too. Let's get up there. Let us be a part of today. We don't want to miss out. There's no car. There's no way to go. They're there. They have to stay there the whole day and watch all the rest of them come back and explain wonderful day of that camp session for that summer, what they did. I know that that's a small I shared that because we have some young people in here today and I know that maybe you can relate to that story. But I say to you this, is if you miss what is so important, when you don't wanna miss the most important thing in your life, and that's to cross over to eternity. Let's be aware of the hour that we're walking. Here are some thoughts on how to be prepared, purposefully prepared. Number one, live as if today was the day. Live as today was the day. I don't know how you get up in the morning, and I know you've heard me say this before, but how do you get up in the morning? I wonder how you think. Where does your thoughts go? Where is your mind when you first get up in the morning? You know something? As a follower of Jesus Christ, it's something that you have to train yourself because your relationship with God, when it's the first priority, you start to be able to see habits working in your spirit to be able to walk that out. Many of you today, you say, yes, that's what I do. And I'm grateful for that. And it's grateful to hear, but I say to you this, what is God calling to you next? 
Don't be satisfied with just where you are with your relationship with Christ right now. Because God has so much more. And I can tell you this, when we get in eternity, we will live all out eternity, seeing over and over and over the splendor of our God that will never, never, never have less and have always more to show us what he wants us to see. So if that's the case for heaven, why not would he not have more for you to see and more to do in your life? Live as if today was the day. Be careful not to be, not to just be settled in the delay of Jesus' return. That you become complacent and lazy-minded. Living in the expectation of today to be compelled and live every day as though eternity was coming. I don't know about you, but if I walk out that day today and you don't see me next week, I pray there's a celebration in this house and saying, Woo! She's gone. She's made it. She's there. Yes. Why? Because between here and there, between them and death and life, my life and my eternity is going to be lived with him because of the way that I understand. You got to understand. You got to know that you 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 know. I want you to hear me this morning. You got to know that you know that you know that you know who he is for you today and what he's doing in your life for tomorrow. Live as today was today. Number two, be discerning. Twice in Mark chapter 13, Jesus warned his disciples not to be led astray by false claims. He says, watch out that no one deceives you. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse one and three. In an arena that's a Christian arena or a non-Christian arena, be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you, that you have the Holy Spirit's translation. Be careful that you understand what God's trying to show you through the truth of his word. Let everything sift through the word of God. The warning of scripture is to be consistent and use discernment in listening. Number two, oh, this is something. Accept the uncertainties. Really? I gotta accept what I don't know? Yeah. You gotta accept what you don't know what's coming. Accept the uncertainties and live beyond the uncertainties. The problem is, is if those uncertainties settle in you and you start to roll them around in your head, all you worrying moms in this room, hallelujah, all you moms that just let things go and go and go, worry, 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 God says, trust me, trust me, trust me. Put it at the altar and trust me because you don't know what's yet to come and don't be paralyzed by the uncertainties. Mark chapter 13, verse 32 to 33 says, if Jesus was content, I love this, if Jesus was content not to know the day or hour that he was to return, let's stop speculating. Be content when no one knows, only the Father knows. No one knows but the Father. But I can tell you, you can feel the rumble. You can feel the rumble in the heavenlies. You can sense, if you're walking with God, you can sense the rumble in the heavenlies. And you know that it is something that you need to be awakened to. Number four, don't lose hope. Paul says, live sensibly, righteously, and godly because of the expectation of Jesus Christ, which is your blessed hope. This is, in every New Testament book, it implies, it has a place of implying of the return and the declaration of the Lord Jesus Christ, of his return. Number five, encourage one another. Be prepared by encouraging one another. So I'm gonna tell you something. What the world keeps moving us away from each other, the more that I wanna get closer to you. The more that everything that keeps trying to separate you, the more I wanna get closer to you. Now, I'm not saying about the mask and stuff and the virus. I'm talking about that whatever, whatever way that I can touch your life, whatever way that God wants me to, the weather, whatever way God wants you to be able to encourage one another, I want to be compelled. Everybody say compelled. I want to be compelled. I want to be compelled about the things that are important to God. That means that I need to recognize that we as the body of Christ are to encourage one another. Again, the affirmation, the day, of the Lord is to come just like a thief in the night. 
First Thessalonians 5, 2, it says, it's to follow by the exhortation. Therefore, it says in the word of God, right after he says that the day of the Lord will come just as a thief in the night, the next verse right after that says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. Come on, church. It's the hour to build one another up. Don't just sit in your homes and say it's okay. God's called the body of Christ to rise up and to build one another up because his return is nigh. Let the Holy Spirit take the blinders off of your eyes and say, I see you, Lord. What are you saying? What are you speaking? How is it that you want me to respond? Jesus, awaken us this morning. The second coming is not given to us to satisfy our personal fascinations with our future events. But the body of Christ is to encourage one another with promises. To encourage one another with promises. Number six, keep on doing the work Jesus left you and I to do. Jesus warned us of troubling events that are near at the end of the age, including persecution. Now hear me. Persecution will come, but we will be ready. We will be ready. How are we going to be ready? Not the way that man makes you ready. The way that God does. That God prepares you from the inside out. God does what he does in and through you. There's nothing like my God. There's nothing like my God. He added that nothing, not even persecution, should distract us from one necessary thing. And that's to speak and to declare the Lord Jesus Christ. I know this isn't easy, but let me say something to you. When you understand the presence and the nature of the Almighty God that ministers to your soul, there's nothing that you can't do that'll take you through the storm, even when you're knocked down. It'll take you through the storm, even though you're knocked down. You know, before ascending into heaven, Jesus gave us his church marching orders. He gave us marching orders, Sean. Pastor Sean, he gave us marching orders, right? Pastor Christian, he gave us marching orders, right? He gave us marching orders. (laughs) He says, come. You will receive power from the Holy Spirit. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And the very next verse, it says in Acts chapter one, verse eight, he says to the disciples that we're looking up into the sky because Jesus had ascended the first time, went up to heaven the second time. And the two angels appeared to the disciples and they spoke to them and they said, why are you standing and gazing in the heavens? Jesus is coming back. Get busy. Verse 9 through 11 talks about us getting busy. You say, well, I'm too weak. Pick up the phone. Call somebody. Send a card. Speak to somebody. Allow God to take what you have to give to someone else. Even when they reject you, the Lord's saying to you, even when they reject you, give it to them. Give what you have to the Lord. Let's go back to Matthew 25. We're finishing up right now. Matthew 25. After the door was shut in the face of the foolish virgins, they started calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But it was too late. The Lord did not answer because he was not full of mercy. He did not answer because there was no longer time. Isaiah 65, 6 tells us, seek the Lord while he may be found. The question is, what are we doing with the countless opportunities that we have access to God in our lives? What are we doing? Are we being like the foolish virgins who start calling the Lord, calling upon the Lord, and the door is shut? 
Don't waste an opportunity on the call of God. You know, this day is Mother's Day. Some of you don't frequent coming to church. You came because you had to. Or came because, you know, a good thing. You love your mom, love your grandparent. Maybe you're sitting by your mom or your grandmother today on the couch watching today. Maybe you're thinking that, you know, everything's pretty good. It's okay, you know, gone, man. Whoa, you know, we had to go through all this. Oh, man, we just got to get there, got to get there. But we think that we're okay, and maybe we're not. Maybe we've allowed things that we have allowed in our lives that have rested and have pushed us away from the bridegroom. Maybe there's many of us in here that, yeah, we're here. We're walking with the Lord. And the Lord says, I want you to become even more alert than you have been. I want you to become more wise in your waiting. I want you to be prepared and anticipate the Lord Jesus. How is your oil today? Is it filled up? What does that mean to you? Becoming more prepared is a daily process. My prayer is that this day might make all the difference in the world when it comes to eternity. It's a simple parable, but it's the most powerful parable. Most powerful one that gives the most powerful message. Several days, I scratched my head and I said, God, you know, this isn't a Mother's Day message. I said, you know, we all get thematically put things together. And the Lord says, do what I ask you to do. I said, right, Lord. And with the confirmation of the two speakers being um, canceling, I just said, okay, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to be obedient. I don't know where you are with the Lord today. Those of you who are sitting at home, the Holy Spirit what is it that you've let in that needs to be getting out where is it in your life in your walk that the Lord's calling you to a higher place and he speaks to you today you know what to me there'd be nothing more than greater gift as a mother or a grandmother that a child or a family member would come into the kingdom of God There's no trinket, there's no flowers, there's no meal, there's nothing, even if I don't get appreciation from my kids. I give that to God and I said, there's nothing better than waking up. The greatest thing that could ever be awoken in a family member's life, that they would come to say, yes, Lord, yes. I tell you this this morning, and I'm going to open the altars. We have up on the screen, too, you'll have a number as we pray today. That on this day, on this day, on Mother's Day, that those that we've been praying for, those that we've names we've lifted to heaven, that on this day, they would hear the voice of the Lord. Like the 10 virgins, they had a lot in common. There wasn't much difference. They looked alike. They had the same kind of path they were headed on, but they didn't realize. They did not recognize that the path was narrow and they weren't ready. I want you to call out the names that you know this morning in your family that need to know him. 
I also want you to pray for yourself to say, Lord, where in my life does my lamp need new oil? Where I thought maybe carrying the lamp around, I was good. And then of course I'm ready. Oh, come on, God, it's been the most terrible year or Lord, this is so detrimental, this is so bad, this and this. And we make all those things to the Lord, but I'll tell you, when it's done, we stand before him. Let all of your excuses be put to the side, whatever it might be. And let this be the day that your faith rises up and say, Lord, put oil in my lamp. Lord Jesus, make me attuned that I won't miss your return. That whatever tomorrow brings in a blink of an eye and I cross over that I'm in your presence and that I get to stand before the bridegroom. Let's be the bride that God's called us to be. Over at home, may you be the bride, may you be the person the son or the daughter that God's calling you to him today and he says be ready because I'm coming soon I'm coming soon the things of this earth will only give you part of the story and if you're looking for just a story to be shown on the outside to say oh yeah he's coming in a year or yeah it looks like it you don't know the hour you don't know the hour. We don't know the hour. We need to recognize if the Lord asked me to speak this today, trust me, moms. Trust me, ladies. Trust me, families. It was confirmed over and over. And I ask you today not to be settled as a believer. And I say this to myself don't be settled where you're at, Candy. Wake up. Because his return is nigh. His return is nigh. I want to see the miraculous in this church. I want to see it full with salvation. I want to see God turn this place upside down. But guess what? You're part of that. You're the body. You're the body. Some of you have become so callous, and the Lord's telling me right now, you've been so callous that... It's confusion that just keeps you away from just one or two things that needs to get you into right placement with the Lord Jesus Christ. And you've got to surrender it. I say to you today, wake up. Let's be ready. I want you to take a moment and I want you to call out the names, first of all, of the ones this morning that you know that need to know him. And I want you to pray right now over their lives. Come on, lift their names to the Lord. Say, Jesus, I need you to minister. Holy Spirit, go where they are right now. If they're not with me today, Holy Spirit, awaken. Awaken and draw them to you, Lord. Jesus. And next, I want to say, I want you to lift your name to the Lord and say, Lord, wash me clean. May I be ready for the day and the hour. If you need time, we're gonna worship for a moment. I'm gonna open the altars and if you know that you need like what I call a wash, a cleaning, and say, Jesus, clean me, wash me, let me be alert. I need to lay these things before you. Come up here and just say, Lord, take it. Lord Jesus, I just ask you this morning. God, as you told me many times over, and as I wrestled with you about this, Lord, I've shared the word. I've given it to them. And Lord, I just ask you for the grace and mercy that we have today and the opportunity to not look at it frivolously, frivolously, Lord, but recognize 
that your return is nigh. I want to be watching wisely, Lord. I want to be waiting wisely. I want to be up, moving with you, God. Jesus, wash me clean. Make me white as snow. Jesus, take me to new heights with you so that I'm alert to the hour that you've called me to and that I will not miss walking through that door because I'm ready and I'm prepared. I'm really prepared. I'm very prepared. Today I pray this over this house and over those that are watching today. Lord Jesus, wash me clean. I declare you to be Lord and Savior of my life. And I ask you, Lord, that you would transform me, make me into your image so that I can walk and be ready for the day that you call me heavenward. In Jesus' name. I want us to worship just for a few moments. If you want to find a place at the altar, you can. If you need to leave, that's fine. But I want us to have a moment just to allow the Holy Spirit to just speak to us this morning as we end today. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms, the spiritual moms. Some of you ladies have never been married, but you're spiritual moms to many people. You might be a a mother or a spiritual mom, but happy Mother's Day to you. And may God bestow you with many, 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 many blessings and an anointing for you to go out and continually do the task and be the woman that God's called you to be this morning. Amen. Amen. If this ministry is making an impact in your life, why not help us make an impact on the lives of others by partnering with us today? You can give through our CLC app or at clcftl.org forward slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe for more inspiring messages like this. Now go and be messengers of hope.